Yeah. Well, we're going to start. You know, the Internet's everywhere. <laughs> in, case you guys, in case you guys didn't know, the Internet is everywhere. Well, I'm sure there's places where the Internet isn't right yeah. now. Well, I've been in a few of those places, like on the way to Toronto. <laughs> like where? <laughs> like on the way to Toronto. Hey, yeah. Listen, forget the Internet. My Bell cellular service. Look, can you see that? It's like one little bar where I am. And if I walk across the street into the park, it's f- f- full bars, four bars. But in my house, well, I, Howard, you've when you phone me, the way it drops out and stuff, it's amazing. And I phone them and I ask them about it. And they can't figure out what I'm talking about. Yeah, it depends where you're standing in your house. Sometimes I lose you. But right now I have one little bar. That's it. All right. In Brampton, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> well, you know, why don't you... Uh, is In the no- year 2020. <laughs> is, there- <laughs> is there no way for you to boost the signal from the uh, trash can at the uh, playground across the street from you? No, well, oh, is that giving away too much? <laughs> it would be nice, my friend. <laughs> Have you considered another uh, provider? Have they got better bars in the old Rogers network? Mm. Well, again, I'm going through that exercise now, too. I just got my Rogers bill, and it's up like 35 40 bucks a month. You know the way you have to stay on top of them because they automatically increase it oh, after yeah. they give you your special? That's every- how they get you. Hmm. Oh, I'm so pissed off at that. So I'm on the verge. Maybe I'll go to Bell Five. I don't know. But I forgot. You, tell have, you. you only get one bar or something. Yeah. Oh, you're talking internet as opposed to cellular. So maybe you have to. Well, no, it bell. is cellular. No, it is. It's, he's talking about his cell phone. The five. That's a five thing. Yeah. No, that, I said I have Rogers here. <laughs> Did I mention Rogers? He With mentioned my, Rogers. Yeah, I got that. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. my internet and my TV and stuff. Right. And I you plan on going perhaps to five on that one and perhaps to Rogers for your cellular. No, he's yeah, on Rogers for his cellular. Yeah. He's on Rogers for his cellular. No, I'm not. I'm on Bell. He's for on side. Bell for his <laughs> Rogers cellular. for my TV. So that there's the irony. So I'll flip my TV thing to Bell and I'll flip my phone. <laughs> Switch it special. Okay. Remember when I was saying he was on Rogers for his phone? I was wrong. He's on Bell. Of course he is because I see his bills because we're on a corporate account. Right. I ever tell you the story you know, for years coming up Pine Valley Drive to the golf course I used to play at for years when the when cellular connectivity was spotty all over the place. You know, those there was a time when yeah. calls would just drop out, you know, regularly you'd have to you'd lose a signal. I mean, I'm, for you younger people, I'm talking about major thoroughfares 401. It was just a regular thing. So for years the golf course I played at had notoriously bad cell connection as soon as you went north of Highway 7 on this road called Pine Valley Drive. And one year I came in and I was talking to somebody and fully expecting the call to drop out. And it just continued to like pristine connection. And so I, uh, I, I got to the golf course and I asked somebody, I said, something the weirdest thing just happened. The my phone worked all the way up the road, and they went, "Oh yeah, the uh, president of Bell just joined in the off season." And when he came, this is a true story. When he came for his like registration meeting, he was so pissed off at the at the uh, connection that he had it immediately fixed. 
Yeah. Nice. Power. No, I know. That's what you need to do. You need to cozy up to the A&W guy. You guys form a super pact. But you know, uh, when, you're not, when you don't have power, how frustrating it is, because they look on their map, their coverage area, and according to them, like it's top-notch, top drawer in this area. But as you know, again, sometimes there can be little pockets, and it just so happens this little tiny corridor where I am, it's not so good. And I, I phone them and talk to them about it, and it's like, I don't know what I'm talking about, basically, as well, sir. And I understand where they're coming from, but it's just frustrating. I guess I'll have to move. There's only I've, I've done exactly what you've done, Fred. But there's only two levels you can go. Oh yeah, where do you go, Dan? Level. Well, there's the introductory level, and then there's a more technical guy at the next level. But they're all just you know sitting in a in a call center somewhere. Yeah. And then you want to talk to that manager, say, listen, I, I you know the, the, I can see the cellular tower right there, and I'm getting <laughs> sh- shitty service. So there's something going on with that tower. No, there's not. Well, that's just the way it works, sir. Well, can I talk to somebody who knows something about the towers in this area and explain the situation to them? No, you can't do that. Can I talk to your manager? No. Wait a minute. Why not? Well, because that's this is you've gone as far as you can. We're, yeah. do you know, we're, Fred, we're empowered to uh, handle the situation. Okay. You know, right, you understand in call centers all around the world, there's a picture of him. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and it's like, if have you have you heard from this man? Here's if you hear from him, here's what to say. And no, they have I like, like it. in the 90s where if you went into most kitchens in uh, nice restaurants in Toronto, his picture was up there. <laughs> Watch for this. Man. That's right. Avoid this man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he will want he will ask for substitutions. Yeah. Substitutions will be made. Yeah. Well, Dan, it's the same thing up at the Tin Palace. I'm staring at that tower, and my bell service is one bar. It's, is know. it really? Yeah. yeah, and I phone them about that, too. So, And it's not my phone. Because mm. I walk no, across yeah. the street here, and it's full blast. You know what I call it? Full tilt boogie. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Good for you. I already <laughs> got a new phone. I got a new I, I mean, It's not a phone, Dan. It's a mini computer. Look at this right. thing. And when you yeah. see it, you'll go, oh, that's what iPhones want to be. You know, everyone, right. just, everyone assumes that iPhones are the most, you know, the best yes, phones. So they're not. Do you know that they're not even, do you know that, do you know the number of iPhones versus uh, Androids? It's like 70, 30. For what? There's less iPhones than you think. Oh, and everyone, everyone, it, it seems like everyone you know has an iPhone, but they don't. No, I would, I would have. That doesn't surprise me. Look at the size of that thing. Does the, no, does the carrying case have a handle? Yeah, you need it. So it's like, you know what it is? It's got yeah, little mini wheels. It's got wheels. <laughs> right. um, by the way, I was thinking about you, Frederick. Yeah. When I was, uh, anyway, I'll talk about the, the phone is a, for people who are, it's an SR22 plus. And it's the, uh, it's more expensive than any computer. Well, it's the same price as a computer. It's like a mini computer. It's huge. Uh, anyway. And an HG. So SR2022. SR22 Plus. So think about plus. this. The, I've had a phone. The other phone I had, the Galaxy S7 Edge, was less than four years old. But that technologically in that four years... Like the main difference between this one and mine is I don't have to f- charge this nine times a day. 
Because, yeah. you know, my phone was getting to the point. And, I, and, and by the way, is this an obsolete, is this an obsolescence built into them or is that just the way batteries work? Because it was getting to the point the last year where it wouldn't hold its charge. How long did you have it? Uh, in, the, in around four years. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, same here. I got to get a new battery on mine. Yeah, you could just get a new battery or, you, can, you know, new device. Yeah, well, this, uh, this needed to be upgraded, yeah. this device. I'm due for an upgrade, but I... Anyway, it's... Well, uh, we're not on an upgrade plan anymore. The plan that I'm on in our little corporate plan, hmm. we owned the phone. So we yeah. weren't... In, but this one now, we're on a leasing plan. Yeah, you own the phone because after a certain amount of time, you do. That's when you're due for an upgrade, when you've more or less paid for the phone. Right. So we, but we had, the, my old phone didn't, there wasn't an upgrade in it. It was just a, right. anyway. So other than battery, is there anything else that's exciting about well, it? Well, it's, you'll see it when you come over. It's, you know, the, the, just everything, the screen, the brightness, the camera, all those things. It's, it's vivid. It's, you know, it's the, on the other thing that happens is the, you know, not only does the battery start to slow down, but the whole connectivity, the, the whole how fast things happen on the phone was, you know, pretty pokey as well. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Your techno <clears throat> upgrade there. Appreciate it. Seems like it's going smoothly. So I'm uh, somewhere, I guess, I where was I? Paris last, a couple of weeks ago, I'm flying home from Paris. And, you know, I'm dragging my, I was just doing carry-on. So I've got a, a small suitcase on wheels. And I thought of you, Freddie. Because of one of the great Patterson observations, which is what were we thinking? Because a couple of times I had to go down and I know what it was. I had to go down an escalator and it was broken. So it just became stairs. That's a Mitch Hedberg. Let's <laughs> say that's a Mitch Hedberg joke. And basically, an escalator is never really broken. It just becomes stairs. And I had to pick up the suitcase just briefly and then put it down. After the escalator, I thought of you and I thought, you know, really, what were we all thinking before we put wheels on these things? I know wheels were one of the very first ever brilliant inventions in the fact of every decades we had suitcases without them. It, I know it's just decades, weird. centuries. Yeah. So even now, too, you know, the ones that have the four wheels. That's what I have. The quad. Yeah, the I quads. Don't. Even the ones with the two wheels, it was like, okay, let's get this suitcase and put two wheels on it. Why didn't somebody stand over him and go, well, fuck it, we're going to put two. Just put four on. You moron. (laughs) Put four on, you moron. Put Put more on. Put more on, you moron. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, What were we thinking? And, And your observation, the day before somebody suggested, hey, why don't we stick some wheels on this? Mm hmm. Like, what was that? Was it somebody finally got fed up of pulling? You know, you think about the size of steamer trunks and such you see from those movies where, you know, like a, you go on a ship cry, you see the kind of size of shit people were taking. Mm-hmm. No. Well, right there, maybe that's where the, uh, the conspiracy theory starts with, you know, maybe porters, you know, ganged up and with luggage companies and made some sort of deal. Back oh, yeah. Deal. Porters. No wheels. Yeah, maybe. You know, airport observation. Um, <laughs> when I got home from uh, New Orleans, it was Air, Air Canada Express, and we're on the tarmac. Maybe I mentioned this last week, and we actually walked outside before we went into what looked like a makeshift 
tunnel or whatever those things are. And the walk from there to customs was maybe 10 minutes. And in two areas, the um, escalators did not work. And as I'm walking, I'm talking to Dom and I, I'm saying, you know, it's almost like this is like makeshift. Like it was like they got up this morning and holy shit. Oh, that plane's coming in. We better throw some shit together. You know what I mean? That You get that impression. Because and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not bad shape for 66, but there's a lot of people, you know, that during that 10 minute walk, get to the escalator and it's not working and they have to go up it. And it's just uh, it was just odd. It, was, it it just wasn't a very good experience, and it just seems whenever you have those, it's, it's in Toronto. I don't know. Uh, I know. It was funny, though. It, it's almost I love the idea that somebody woke up and went, oh, was, wait, there's a plane coming in from New Orleans? We better yeah. do something. We yeah. we had no idea until just now. We better throw some shit together. <laughs> and, uh, That's the feeling I get. It's what, like, oh, man, that one's but that, sure. But the escalator's not working. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just get that tunnel thing. <laughs> just do the tunnel thing. Well, yeah. I didn't. When you told me that story last week, I'm not sure if I didn't remember or I was in the throes of COVID. But uh, this is another observation. Now, remember, I was delayed four hours on the way. On the way back, uh, another small delay. Mm-hmm. So we finally board, and they board all the rich people first in zone one, and then they board the rest of us. Uh, I, I did the little premium economy. I had some points, so I'm in the second area. Very nice, zone two. And so we all scramble on there, and we're thinking, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, us zone one and zone two people. We're all walking down this corridor, and I see a... It's sort of a weird scene because it's like everyone that just got let through the doors are now backed up where you would normally think the plane was. And there was no plane there. They had us go down a series of stairs and get on buses. Oh, we had yeah. to get on. I've done that. I know. I had to get on buses to go to the plane while mm-hmm. we went to go out to the on the tarmac somewhere. Yes. They have that in Tampa a lot. So we get out there, and I can see the crew that we're going to, our crew, the the men and women that will be our uh, flight attendants are just getting on. And uh, I can tell, like, the mood on the bus is not good. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a bad vibe on the bus because these are all the privileged people. These are all the people that wanted to get, who got on first. They paid all this money. They're in the pod. These are the pod people, and the pod people are not happy about delays. And we were on that bus, honestly, guys, for 15 minutes to the point where it was getting warm. There's, you know, the doors aren't open. And uh, there were some, you know, you could just feel people, not me, because, of course, I'm spiritual. Now. Oh, I was going to say, so, yeah. you know, it was such a good thing. You were on that bus, I'm sure. You know, the calming effect. I did. Everyone that, you know. Yeah, I did have a calming minutes effect. It's isn't a long time. And just think That's of the right. technology and the wonderment of all this. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, so good. As a matter of fact. If you had been on there, I'm sure, you know, chaos would have ensued. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, a younger man than me, probably in his 40s, 50s, young French-Canadian man, starting to freak out a bit. Because here's what happens to me in those situations. Like, in those situations, I tend to, because I know that 
me freaking out isn't going to do anybody any good. I tend to get very sort of still and quiet. But this dude next to me was not either of those. <laughs> he was starting to talk about what he was going to say to the flight attendants as soon as we got off this bus. And I was like, well, you know, it's not really their fault and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. You know, when I, the very first flight I ever took as a kid, I was about 7 o'clock. Or 7 o'clock. I was 7 o'clock. <laughs> <You're> seven o'clock. <laughs> right. You were, only, you were 7 o'clock when you took your, <laughs> your first flight? Wow. <laughs> How, hey, hey, Dan, what, clo- what o'clock were you when you took your first flight? <laughs> Holy fuck, hey. I was, I was 6.30. Were you 6.30? I no defense. Dude, I didn't get on until I was 9 o'clock myself. <laughs> I was nine o'clock, maybe ten when I got. <laughs> I was uh, seven years old. Oh yeah! And back then, it was called the Malton Airport. It wasn't Toronto International or Lester B. Pearson. What? Oh yeah, it was called Malton. So people would say, "Hey, were you flying out of Malton?" Yeah. Really. But there was none of those tunnels back then, eh? You walked from the terminal outside up the stairs, and it was, it, I think it was February, and it was a snowstorm. So that was my first, invita- or, uh, first invitation to flying. Um, <laughs> experience with seven flying. O'clock. Yeah, mm-hmm. at seven. Did they say you have to be this many hours old to fly the plane? <laughs> have they invented jet engines at that but, point? Or is it no, but you did that. You know what? It probably it probably was a prop plane. I don't know. It's like 1964 or whatever. But yeah, you walk. That's I vividly remember that walking. The wind's blowing and everything, and you're out on the tarmac going up the stairs. Like that's all they had back then. Well, I mentioned this recently because it came up in in some part of the conversation about flying. But I was 15 years old or 9:30 uh, when I took my first uh, flight, and it really was a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's part of the reason I be, became a pilot is because I was so horrified by my first experience on a plane because I wasn't with my parents. Mm-hmm. I was on this uh, this uh, Saskatchewan golf team thing that was because we were talking about parents paying for flights. My mom and dad never paid for a flight I ever got on. The second flight I was ever on was when Dan dropped me off at the airport and I flew uh, to Vancouver to go work in radio there. So, but my first flight I was not prepared for what it was going to feel like. Not in the least. I had no concept of it. And it wasn't a great experience. Like, my ears got blocked on the way down, and the noises on the plane freaked me out. And again, I was alone. I wasn't with any family. And I don't know if anyone else in that group, there was probably six or seven of us with chaperones and such, but no one told me that it was going to sound like that or it was going to feel like that. And I was kind of, like, pretty unnerved by it. Yeah. Sure. That was your very first flight ever? Yes. Like you hadn't been in a small plane? Or no, sir. Had, no. Well, I, again, o'clock aside, I, I was 15 years old. How old were you? He was seven. How old were you when you first got on a plane? Or do you not know numbers either? Uh, I was probably around 11 or 12. Uh, there was a uh, uh, a missionary, uh, Lutheran Association of Missionary Pilots. <laughs> this guy named Les Stalky formed this... Uh, missionary uh, thing where he flew planes into small communities to offer services. Well, and what do you do, drop Bibles? Why not just fly in the back of an angel? Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> was he there dropping Bibles from the sky? Something like that. I mean, there was... Uh, killed he killed a bunch of hungry kids. <laughs> fly into <fly> <laughs> communities. He had a little... The, uh, the skis on the bottom of the plane for the northern communities. Oh, yeah. And that's the first flight I ever remember taking. Good for you. 
you know, little little uh, you know Cessna. All these kids out there expecting food. Oh, we're saved! And all of a sudden, Bibles come <laughs> flying out of the sky. Oh, so you were on a small plane your first time? Yeah, my first two times. Oh, that, that one, and then and then the third time was a flight on Ward Air to Hawaii. My first uh, big flight. Well, I remember flying. I can't remember if we did them. We must have done the Hawaii trip around the same time you and I flew to Europe for the first time, and I was still not a very good passenger. Oh, I, I was, remember that. Yeah, yeah I was, you know, I was really nervous that, yeah. and I remember that. drinking uh, to make me feel better, you know, which is what you do. <laughs> yeah. Which for, continued for some time. Which continued for many years after. <laughs> it was the beginning of it right there. Um, yeah, uh, I've never had, I've nat- never had like an in-flight scare or anything like that in all the years I've flown. I mean, have I flown? No, I don't even know. I guess I'm the average flyer, you know, a couple of times a year, maybe, however it works out. But I've never had like like a major uh, turbulence or anything like that. I've been lucky. Plus, you talk about those upgrades to, what do you say, premium? Premium. Business? It's called, well, the, I think it's basically what business class used to be. So it's premium economy. See, I would never do that because I sleep. As soon as I get in the seat, I, I've told you, I just fall asleep. So that to me, that would be such a waste of money. Mm, I don't think so. I think you'd have a better sleep if you had more room. How could you have a better sleep? Because uh, you're all sitting there, you're all scrunched up in the shitty seats. Oh, listen, man, you, you, I know you're gonna go to. You're gonna have every dime. It'll all be there in the coffin with you. And me, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting point. rid of it. It isn't the you just you know just entreat yourself. You're a 66 year old man. So. So this thing, the seats are a little bit wider? It's like business class. You get better right. food. You get on first. They give you headphones. They give you socks. <laughs> socks? You get eye patches. You get the eye things. All right. Dude, the, my flight back from Paris was eight hours and 45 minutes. I don't care how much you say you sleep. It's still nice to have a bigger seat and a more comfortable. You don't have to sit where all the you know the regular people are. You don't want any part of that. Do they give you back the massages? regular people? Regular people don't want any part of that. What's that, Dan? They give you back massages? Yeah, you get a back massage. You get a you get some nice chicken. <laughs> Most overseas flights, all I remember is Delise sort of nudging me, looking up, and they're they're handing out the meals, and I say, "No thanks, I just want to go back to sleep." <laughs> wow. You know, I I listen, I I. I if I had to pay for it, I probably wouldn't do it. But I've had it. I've had it recently a couple times where I've upgraded because of points, and it's mm-hmm. like I'm not using those points for. I've, I've had a lot of those points for a long time. Those aeroplan points. Use them or lose them. Well, yeah, but I mean, to me, I, I listen. I get it. I slept most of the way too, but it's kind of nice. You get on first. You get a nice, comfortable seat. Yeah, I can't you get a back massage. But now you're losing your ass. You don't even need that space now. There now. Day you need it. Yeah. <laughs> now. You needed space for your <laughs> You're funny. You should say, hey, can I buy half a seat? Is that the whole seat? Ah! Oh, I just think it's funny you say you're, you, now you're losing your ass. Where have you been for the last 28 years? <laughs> Got into my 40s, started calling me flat ass and things. It's a good thing I have no complicated. I'm not. That's one of the few things I don't care about because I can't see it. Um, yeah. All right, uh, we should start the show because this has been a lot of fun. But you know, that's not what folks are paying for. Oh, I know what we have. Should we do the uh, the our version of this song before we start the show, or should we save it for the show? Or organically work it in. All right. 
Um, well, it's kind of funny because you just said that you were 7 o'clock when you took your first flight. Oh, well, there you go. You can work it in that one. And uh, the other day, I'm, again, I'm not worried about you because you're, you seem to have all your faculties. Mm-hmm. But the other day, you mentioned a song, a very famous song, Somewhere Under the Rainbow. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Dan has taken it upon himself to produce the Humble and Fred version of that iconic song. Somewhere under the rainbow, skies are gray. Isn't that fantastic? Somewhere under the rainbow. <laughs> and of course, Lisa's got, Lisa's got a good voice. She's got a great voice. Fantastic voice from Lisa. Lisa for that. Somewhere what? under the rainbow, skies are gray. There you go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, the Brampton Basement Studio, and Lisa's Dining Room Table Studio. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary 4G spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. And now, here are two men who spent the weekend trying to figure out if they should leap back and fall forward, or just ask Siri to ask Alexa to ask Google what time it is. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Daniel. I had to fall back two weeks in a row. Because two Sundays ago, I woke up in Paris, where they fell back a week earlier than us. And then yesterday, I had a great sleep, and... I actually have been slight. I don't know if it's the end of COVID or whatever, but I've had a couple of weeks now of just great sleeps. And yesterday I did the same thing. I slept all the way into the old time. I guess it was 7.30. So in the new time, it was 6.30. I felt fantastic. How about you? Did you have any trouble? No, no. I Again, you know my position on that. I, You know, this morning I sit here at all. You know, look at some stuff in the papers and uh, online here. And one of the first articles is about the time change and how it affects us psychologically. And I don't have a lot of time for that. I just don't. Yeah, it doesn't affect me. But it's just like, because I was out, I went to Buddy Doug's on Saturday and I got home at two. So, you know what I mean? It's like. What? Well, yeah. What are you doing anywhere till two in the morning? You're a 66 year old man. And it's an hour to drive home. And it was like, so I went to bed at two. So any idea of an hour here, an hour there is out the fucking window now anyway. So like, I don't get it. But anyway. Well, but but, you know, you're lucky. A lot of people, I I just saw some article. I didn't even flag it. I just saw the headline, which is why are Canadians, you know, having trouble sleeping? A lot of people have trouble sleeping and you're not one of them. But to people who do. You know, it's a bigger deal. You know, you have a little empathy. God. Oh, no, no, no. I understand. Uh, Howard. Or Howard. No, believe I, know, me. I, I know. I know. I'm just bugging. No, I, I understand that. To me, that's two different issues. Anxiety is a huge problem in our society. Yeah, yeah, I know. But but you even. You want to do half an hour on anxiety? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about anxiety. Just listen. You know, I know you're still, uh, you know, trying to figure out how many hours old you are, but. No, I, whether it's anxiety or whatever sleep issues or not getting enough or too busy or whatever it is. Right. Um, a lot of people 
are a lot more affected by sleep deprivation than you. <clears throat> and and I have, uh, you know, I've, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I drank a lot. I'll tell you, I've had seven years now, almost seven years of being sober. And the last, it took me a couple years to adjust, but I'd say the last four or five years of my life are the best four or five years I've ever had sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like ever. I used to take sleep medication all the time. I took over-the-counter. I took prescription. I just couldn't get enough sleep. And I can tell you, in all sincerity, for just a second, what a difference that has made. I have never slept as well consistently as I do now. And I can just tell you, if you're somebody in our age category and they talk about older people having more difficulty sleeping, you know, I'm not the person to... But I can tell you that it's eliminating alcohol has made me a better sleeper. And it's not just because I smoke weed, because I don't, you know, it doesn't. Well, that's a great myth, too, eh? that, you know, the uh, whole alcohol sort of, you know, sleep it off. Well, no, actually, a lot of people who drink, as you say, have trouble sleeping. Yeah, it interrupts your sleep. I I know it puts you to sleep. It's some sedative. It's the opposite. Well, no, it will put you to sleep. The problem is it won't keep you asleep. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the time changed. So basically, yeah, it didn't affect you. It didn't affect me at all. I slept great yesterday and I woke up and I went, oh, okay, fine. Uh, but they say, and this comes up every goddamn year. I know. Twice this, a year, actually. Well, well, no, but they say this Monday especially is oh, okay. troublesome for people. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, don't you ever have a night where you say... Oh, I usually go to bed at 10. Oh, it's 11. Oh, shoot. Or <laughs> think about that. Or oh, I usually go to bed at 10, but I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed tonight at 9. Like that happens all the time. So how is this one day in this one hour an issue? I don't get it. But listen, scientists would tell me otherwise, I guess. I'm impressed that you were hanging out till even 1 o'clock in the morning. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. And did you drive or did Dahl drive? Oh, Dahl did. Um, Daldy. But, you know, it's like I'm with my longest, my longest best friend. And it's like, you know what it's like. You're shooting the shit and one, this goes to that and that goes to this. And don't forget, you know, our wife, my best friend growing up, our wives are cousins. So when you get in a room, you know, you're talking. There's a lot to catch up you're on. Reminiscent. Hey, Fred, yeah. do you remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Because my buddy Doug has like an exceptional memory for things that happened when we were kids. Oh. He's a lot like Fred Ball that way. And uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I would like, love oh, that. One o'clock. Jeez, we got to go. You know, I, I would love that kind of memory. You know, Fred Ball has it. My buddy Dave has it. Apparently, buddy Doug has it. Uh, like we say, an exceptional memory for events that happen. But, you know, just overall, those guys probably have exceptional memories, period. And as I explained to them, because Ball gets mad at me sometimes, going, you don't remember that? Like, But the thing is, as I explained to him, through our career, there were so many events and so many happenings and so many where he'd come on the odd trip, and it was such a big deal to him. Same with Doug things would happen and it was clear cut in their minds like you know what i'm i don't think they have the inventory of 100 percent that was happening so yeah i mean you go i mean that's my excuse (laughs) well no but it's a good one i mean it's uh, you know in a a lot of some small ways like i you know when i meet somebody now and it happens still you know often enough to be flattering when someone says oh remember that time you and fred did that thing Mm -hmm. whereas years ago 
I would answer, no, I don't remember. How would you expect me to and be a fucking asshole? But now I just kind of go, I'll do one or two things. I'll go, no, I do remember. Tell me about, and I'll have them tell me that memory. And as you say, it's very vivid for them. Because yes. it's it's because it's one of a of a few memories of us. Whereas you know you and I have that experience I've just described mm-hmm. a lot. And and yes, but I, I mean I used to think it was important to point out why I wouldn't remember. Now I don't. I just say either I'm old now and say I'm I, forgive me I don't remember, or I'll just go along and say I do. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I've been going through lately, too, and I don't know why, because it's not near the anniversary of my parents or anything, but just I find myself a lot lately thinking of moments with my parents. Like the other day, somebody mentioned Warden Warden Avenue, okay? So my mom for years worked on Warden Avenue in Scarborough, 777 Warden Avenue, Cooper's Industrial Gifts and uh, Services. And I used to work there part-time. So I found myself going on Google Maps, Aww. looking at the building, right? So whipping around behind where I used to open the doors and when shipments would come in and everything. And then my mom taking me for lunch. And it's it's funny, eh? Like, And then it, it, it sort of comes in waves, uh, those memories. And the point is, what triggers those things, you know? What triggers them, Howard? What triggers them? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, usually it's for me, it's around an anniversary, like Mm -hmm. my dad's anniversary of him passing away just happened uh, like a week and a half ago. And it's always around Charlie's birthday, October area, whatever. Uh, But, you know, who knows? You know, you're a 66 year old man. You becoming nostalgic. Well, you know, you're you've always been a little bit like me, a bit nostalgic for things like that. And then what gets you is the finality of it. Because sometimes you have those memories and you think, wow, my dad's been dead 14 years. Like, yeah, you're never going to see him again. And all these things, these memories you have is really all you have. And yeah, it's just interesting. And when you're a kid, you never think your parents are going to be dead, right? No. Uh, well, you never think you're going to be dead, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, and it's funny because you brought this up recently. I can't remember what we were talking about, but it was surprising to me to remember that your father passed away after mine did. Because I always think of Dickie, for some reason, going before Lou. But Lou was 2006, and that's coming up to 16 years now past. Yeah, my dad was March 2008. Here's what I've thought of recently, and it has to do with what you brought, what you brought up. was not specifically about my parents, but it was about the idea of how long you're remembered. So... You know, I brought this up on the show, some article I read about, you know, basically two weeks after you're dead, very few people are even thinking about you. Six months after you're dead, almost nobody ever is. Mm-hmm. Almost no one ever is ever again, because of what you just described about your mom and your dad. I promise you, that's the first time somebody has thought about your parents in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now none of our parents were famous, but even, even people that are somewhat notorious, it doesn't matter. Two weeks after you're dead, that's it. Very few people are thinking about you. And six months later, other than the odd time, Charlie and Spencer might think of something that reminds them of me. You're basically done. And the article sort of, when the points of the article was, so knowing that, live your life in a way that isn't about what other people think. And if you want to get premium economy, do it. 
<laughs> oh, I get, I get it. I know. I know what you're saying. Absolutely. You know, with my parents, one of the best things I did, without because I did the legalities of it and everything, where I put them to rest. I'm so glad I did. Because whenever I get in my boat, when I'm up north in the summer, I can just turn this corner and look over and think, you know, my mom and dad are right there. And I'm so glad we did that. I mean, my brother and sister don't get to do it as often because they're not up there as much. Maybe once every couple of years, my brother more. But anyway, um, I just like that because I know if I had to put them, well, I guess I, they could be on the mantle, but I was never into that, right? With the yeah, but you, 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 they were cremated. Yes. Yeah, it's not but like, you, but just whatever. No, little. but I wanted people to know that it's not like you threw their corpses <laughs> into the back bay. <laughs> it's like Throwing it wasn't like you wrapped yeah. them in burlap like some fucking mafia hit. But um. <laughs> You know, if I'd have put them like in something in a in a little vault or something at a cemetery, I I know I wouldn't get there as often as I see them now. Yeah, I, well, when you took me up there, mm-hmm. I was there for two days this summer, and we took a boat ride, and you you always take me to that beautiful side of the lake, and mention that that's where Dickie and June mm-hmm. were put away. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, we've been uh, we've been doing this now for about. I don't know, 35 minutes. It's time to uh, take care of some business. EV rental, that's something uh, a lot of people aren't doing. But if you're new to the electric vehicle experience, as we are, I had a Tesla for a week right now. I've been driving a Kia Kona uh, for a few days. Fred's about to take over and spend the next month driving this uh, compact SUV. It really is an interesting and unique approach to getting people comfortable a lot of dealerships don't even let you test drive EVs. They're so backed up, but that's not what's happening at evnet.ca. We have a, they have a unique app that allows clients to set up and rent vehicles from various locations. The app can be found, and now the selection includes the Bolt, the Kona, the Outlander, the Nissan Leaf, and the Tesla Model 3. The idea is to educate clients about the EV expectations and experiences. And then if you want to buy the uh, the car right out, you can. You can do that. You can rent it. You can lease it. You can buy it. Book a test drive by appointment. Or if you're in the area, uh, you can go check out evnet.ca. All the EVs for sale along with technical info and everything you need to know to get you from a uh, ICE to an EV. That's evnet.ca. Uh, founded in 1994, Bodog considered an industry leader, providing Canadian players with a world-class sports book, a full Vegas-style casino, and a thriving poker community, and of course, their fully loaded race book. And of course, you can wager on all the sports like Monday Night Football tonight. Oh, a bit of a toss-up here. Uh, you know, Baltimore. A one-and-a-half-point pick to win tonight. They uh, are paying minus 125. Okay, Baltimore the favorite tonight for the Monday Night Football game. Okay. Playing the New Orleans Saints. Okay, you and I talked a little bit of uh, football before the show started. I got home from uh, golf yesterday. Yesterday was the fourth day... In five days that I played golf. I can't even describe it. I don't really remember. I've played lots of times here in Ontario in November, but not like this. You know, usually it's like uh, wearing mittens, toques, 
five layers just a, and, and doing the, like playing but you know kind of just doing it in spite of the fact that it's shitty mm-hmm. but uh one of those days saturday was guys in shorts you know it's 22 um uh, i think friday was also pretty pretty sweet yesterday was fine it was like 16 degrees and a bit chilly but not not cold Almost weird. Anyway, I got the point is I got home from golf and there was still a full half left in the Bills game. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to watch uh, the Buffalo Bills. And uh, it was, uh, I think, 14-14 when I started watching. Mm-hmm. And um, the th- second half began with a long Jets possession, nearly nine minutes. And I don't think they scored. No, no, they did. Because didn't Buffalo tie it up? Yeah, Buffalo. Well, no, Buffalo was up. Uh, oh, yeah, they were up seventeen fourteen. Yeah, that's what happened. So they so uh, New York tied it up, and then New York pulled ahead with three points. I just sent you a note saying, uh, you know, our guy Josh, your guy Josh Allen, wasn't looking very. He looked pretty ordinary yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me that this has uh, happened a few times in the second halves of their games. I mean, uh, the one concern I would have, both games they've lost, they should have won. Like, you're supposed to beat the New York Jets when you're the Buffalo Bills. You just are. Although the Jets are off to a pretty good start. In that game, they lost to Miami. They shouldn't have lost. It was bad clock management. They should have won that game. But I have noticed even in their victories, it seems they're gangbusters in the first half, but something happens in the second half where they don't seem to score a lot of points. So, obviously, something they have to work on. But of more concern to me at this point is late in that game when Mm -hmm. uh, Allen went to make a pass and in the beginning of the follow through, one of the Jets hit his arm and he was sort of favoring it towards the end there. So let's see what comes of that. I mean, I've been worried about his legs, the way he runs, but interesting. It appears he suffered a bit of an arm injury yesterday. Speaking of his running and his passing, though, they were talking about his potential stats if he keeps on playing the way he is it is remarkable it's remarkable for two reasons one i don't have the numbers in front of me but his passing yardage and his touchdowns are are amazing even even without the fact that he's running for 100 yards a game on average it's pretty special but again the reason i sent you a note yesterday is after about watching 10 minutes or so i'm like well he's not looking that great today Mm -hmm. so who knows why you know, it's also interesting how, you know, it's a, de- and listen, it's a demographic thing. And we're talking about the Buffalo Bills. And yesterday, you know, Hamilton and Montreal played the Eastern semifinal. Yeah, it's, I heard that. And just everywhere, you know, talking to my son-in-law yesterday and talking to my buddy Doug and other people, all people talked about was the NFL and the Buffalo Bills in particular. And it's like that thing didn't even happen. And it was long after the game was open over. I thought, oh, yeah, that game. And I had to look to see who won. Who Sad, did win. But, you know. You, who you who know, did win? It was Montreal. So they're going to play the Argonauts on uh, Sunday here for the right to go to the Grey Cup. But, you know, they say you can't force love. It's just the way it is. You know, you can't tell people they should like it or they should watch it. It's it's the entertainment industry. And unfortunately, it's just not, uh, 
It's not up to scratch anymore for whatever reason. Well, I found out the same way you did. I was just looking on social media. I was like, oh, that the CFL had a game on today. And no, mm-hmm. it's, it's so funny because when I got up yesterday morning, I had uh, two things in the world of sports. I was going to tape some of the golf, the mm-hmm. final round yesterday afternoon, and I was going to see what time the Bills played because I might have taped that game too to watch it in the afternoon. No part of me was thinking, is there a CFL game on today? No, and the big problem is, like, I can go around the NFL and you can get, you can give me the name of, like, sort of key teams right now and I can tell you who their quarterback is and some of their offensive weapons, maybe some defensive weapons. But that game happened yesterday. I couldn't tell you who the quarterbacks were for either Hamilton or Montreal. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure I could name any player on any other on either one of those teams. Can you name a player on the Argonauts? Oh yeah, yeah. I couldn't. Huh? Yeah. Who's the quarterback McLeod for the Argonauts? McLeod Bethel Thompson is his name. Okay. Who's never Who's never impressed me, but his stats are pretty good as CFL goes. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can't name you a lot, and I'll probably watch the game on Sunday only because it's the Argonauts and it's the Eastern Final, and I'll find some time to watch it. But uh, it's just, and, you know, I just described the problem. The players move around so much that you can never, they're not, you can never gravitate to a team you know i guess it's different in your regina it's the only show in town but here it's like you know austin matthews uh, mitch marner all these sort of superstars vladdy and uh, siakam with the you know these are all big Mm -hmm. stars in major sports and the argonauts things you know the cfl the players and names change so much you can never really latch onto them yeah, for sure. And but but also, if you're not interested in the sport in general, like until, you know, I didn't go. I hadn't gone to a baseball game in a long time. And I went to a couple yeah. baseball games this year. I watched a few others as well and started to get the idea of who. But, you know, I'm some names and, you know, I could could name a couple now, whereas, you know, a year ago, I really couldn't because mm-hmm. I had no interest in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I mean, well, I can't I can't remember the lot. Pardon me. You're not much of a TV sports fan traditionally beyond golf. Beyond right? golf. Yeah. But I do like watching playoffs. And so I watched the Leafs play in the playoffs, however limited it was last year. And I watched I watched the uh, second wild card game this year because I find that kind of stuff exciting. By the way, before we forget about football, and I'm going to move on because I want to talk about the fact that everyone has COVID. <clears throat> um, I saw a, uh, I'm not sure, I guess it was a press conference. With Tom Brady. Tom Brady looks weird. Tom Brady, to me, looks like he's lost too much weight. You know, like sometimes you see people and their face is almost too... Right. I don't know. Is that how he always looks? Because he, to me, doesn't look great for a guy that's, you know, playing in the NFL. But he is 45. So, I mean, there's yesterday, that. Yesterday pulls off another... Tampa Bay got the ball, I think, with 38 seconds to go on their own 20, and they ended up winning. Like, and I'm th- and I'm watching, and I'm thinking he's going through a divorce right now, and attached to divorce is kids, and you have to worry about their welfare and their mindset. So he's got all that going on, and yeah. he's calling an NFL football game. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, you can't deny that he's still like a phenomenal. I don't even know where his rating would be, but it's certainly among the elite still in the league, is it not? Mm-hmm. Oh yes! 
Oh yes, Howard. But all I'm saying is like he just looked. I hadn't seen a hadn't seen a, a picture of him for a long time. Yeah, he just looked like that guy's lost too much weight. Um, listen, let's well, talk. Can I just say one yes, other thing? Yes, of course you can. Yes, please. And the reason it's so hard for players, hockey in particular, to play in this market. Last week, as you know, the world was caving in for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Sucked. What we were gonna do, and like, should they move players out, and should the coach be fired? So then they play the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I think Thursday night, Wednesday night, beat them five two. Okay, Philly's Philly's not too good, but Saturday night they play the best team in the NHL, Boston Bruins, beat them two one. Yesterday, the next day they go into Carolina against maybe arguably the second best team in the NHL, if not third, beat them three to one. And it's just funny. I can't wait now to listen to the sports talk shows this morning because everything will be great oh now it'll be like oh what if we win six in a row and uh, oh then, <laughs> that's by right the end of the week we might be in first place and uh boy you know the second and third lines or the third and fourth lines are playing really well now it's just interesting because what those players went through last week in the dog house. Yes. <laughs> you did, and what they'll hear this week it's tough yeah that's why they say this is the hardest place to play in the nhl because it's just to give too many people care about it too much of the time. Um, I don't know what's happening. It just, I, I got some notes from people talking about how, you know, we're not really paying attention anymore to the COVID numbers. And you had brought this up that with sort of behind the scenes now, because again, it's not top of mind for people the way it was even a, six months ago. But the numbers are climbing, and I can just tell you anecdotally, it just seems like, you know, ex-wife Randy just came back from Spain yesterday. She's got the same symptoms that I had, although she tested negative. Charlie, uh, my firstborn, just sent me a note this morning. She's got symptoms. I, I think Charlie's had COVID at least a couple of times. I now know people... And I'm wondering about you. I now know people that have had it multiple times. Uh, a couple guys I golfed with over the last three or four days go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on my second time. Uh, Charlie says she's got these symptoms, but just sent me a note while you were doing the show here that she's negative, but these symptoms are there. So I don't know what's happening. Like, are, are we experiencing... And, and by the way, I got the government. I don't know if you've seen this. I got the reminder from the government that i'm now eligible for my fifth shot my third booster did you get that i can't remember if you've got yours yet i don't think so you didn't get you didn't get the notification honestly i don't i don't i haven't seen it well nevertheless i just have this feeling like it's more prevalent again than people are talking about yeah yeah and they're saying, you know, because of the mask mandates being lifted, there's a lot more flu this fall. And there's this other thing called RSV or something, too, that most it's a respiratory ailment for mostly kids get but get it, but get it. But a lot of adults aren't. Maybe that's what Charlie has if she's not testing uh, positive. Yeah, but the, the symptoms, you know, the, the chills, the aches, the scratchy, the, the sort of really... You know, bad, uh, sore throat, the headaches. Those seem to be this, whatever strain is going around now, those seem to be the symptoms. And I'm thinking like, 
Like Dan and I had similar symptoms, but you didn't have any of those symptoms. You said you had no. a little bit of a slight headache, but you didn't have what, what Darren had, what I had, which is feeling pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. And I know they're talking about it while it's fall I and mean, people are spending more times indoors, but not, not mm-hmm. here. Not here we have this fall. Not this fall. <laughs> That's right. You know, and I haven't, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a flu shot before I go, but I'm definitely going to get one when I get back. Um, no, I just thought I'd bring that up because, uh, you know, we've had this discussion of a couple guys I was golfing with, you know, I said, Freddie and I were sort of like the last two guys we knew that hadn't had it. And I said, now, you know, all of us have had it. And I know people are now on their second and third times. What are we going to do? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, that's the question I read. Yeah. What if it uh, gets out of hand? What are we going to do? What is going to happen? Scary. Don't want to think about it. No. Oh, and I certainly don't want to stop traveling, obviously, because that's the big one. You know, it was so much more convenient to go to Europe this year to go anywhere. I mean, when I came back from the States in the, the spring last year, even then, you know, I had to find a place to get tested. I had to show up with the Arrive Canada app. There was a lot of stuff going on. And now it's just back to, you know, get there with your Nexus card or your passport and you're fine. Yeah, who knows? You know, I may be on the verge of booking something and you have and it's what if the rules change between now and then? And, you know, you can't drag your feet too much on booking accommodations in January and February because it goes pretty quick, right? So you got to sort of nail it down, but then you're thinking, okay, I've nailed it down, but what if the rules change between now and then? But it's a bit of a crapshoot. I know some people that have booked a big uh, river cruise for next spring. Same thing. It's like they've got friends coming in from North America and it's in Europe and they're going to, like they've had to put down a deposit. I'm sure everyone's thinking the same thing as you are. I mean, I got friends. It's Lumbee, isn't it? Yeah. Why? How come you didn't just say Lumbee? Well, because I figured we've talked about Lumbee enough. But people know who Lumbee is, so I would have thought you would have just said, "Yeah, and Lumbee." But you said, "My, I have friends." Well, I was just trying to make cold. it more. I was trying to make it more generic. <laughs> I didn't want it. it. Seemed a bit cold. <laughs> it seemed what cold? A bit cold when you're talking about Lumbee. Okay, well, let me try that again. One of my best friends has booked a river cruise for next spring. He's got some people coming in from North America. One of them is a former goalie for the Montreal Canadiens. Does that make it better? Does that make the story better for you? Brian Hayward. I think it's, yeah, Brian and his wife are uh, joining Jeff and Julie. Now it's out there in the open, okay? Now I got Now Lumby's going to say, why'd you talk about me going on a cruise with Brian Hayward? All right. So now I'm going to get in trouble for that. Now listen. Um, all right. Well, that's my uh, the little COVID update. Um, we better get some uh, more uh, uh, of this done because I can tell you, you know, just the way the show is, the way the show goes, we just we sometimes forget. So why don't you? Uh, Although, oh, quickly here, uh-oh. here's where I, you know, there's some things you can just sort of ignore because yes. well, you can't. Yes, there's some issues. I'll ignore it, and it won't affect me. I find myself with the COVID thing that more and more I'm reading about it, I'm seeing some numbers, and I'm thinking, oh, I just want to ignore this. But you can't because it could be me. It could be Delise. It could be those around me. Well, and Delise is the only one now I know that hasn't had it. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, anyway, that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, so doll, and, and do you know, has uh, Darren's wife, Lori, sweet Lori Love, no, no. had it? No, and Buddy's, Buddy Doug's wife has not had it. But Doug's had it. Doug's had it? That's weird. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's take care of this business, and then I'm going to tell you about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony yesterday and something interesting that happened. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Howard and I will both be traveling this winter, and we will be under the security blanket of the Chamber Plan. A great travel package available through the Chamber Plan. Check it out. Go there today. Chamberplan.ca. Get a free quote. Now, I talk about travel. Things more important than travel. Yeah, like your health. Well, prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapies available. An HR component now. Even a mental health... uh, You talk about COVID now. That screwed up so many people. Even a mental health component now to help subscribers to the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Been around... uh, for 40 years, 30,000 Canadian businesses part of this, and your small business can be too. Chamberplan.ca. Uh, I was surprised uh, when I read this story this morning that uh, this guy was uh, still alive. I don't know. For some reason, I thought John Cougar Mellencamp had died. Did you not think he was dead? No, I hadn't. If you'd have asked me that, I would say, Howard, I didn't. I, I don't know if you'd have asked me. Okay. You know, I wouldn't know one way or the other. Well, I thought somebody like John Mellencamp had died in the last year. And now for the life of me, I can't remember who I thought it was. Doesn't Tom matter. Petty? Pardon me? Tom Petty? Now, Tom Petty died years ago. Okay, I'm just trying to think in the last year somebody like Mellencamp, huh? Yeah, for sure. And then maybe somebody listen it'll it'll jog their memory. Uh, anyway, the article was about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony last night, all the inductees and such, which we'll be able to see in a few weeks from now. I guess HBO will have it. You'll see it here on Crave. So it was a regular, you know, thing about all the celebrities and some of the acts that played, etc., etc., and the Eurythmics played, and a couple others, uh, Iron Maiden, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. But the part of the, the interesting thing about the article is that John Mellencamp gets up and starts talking about, he's, he's, inter, he's about to induct a uh, musical uh, attorney named Alan Grubman, someone okay. I'd never heard of. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mellencamp gets up there and starts to talk about Jewish people. And at first, the vibe was, oh, is he going to say something like, you know, like Kanye, the Jews control all the music industry and entertainment. Anyway, he doesn't do that. He says, guys, I cannot tell you how fucking important it is to speak out if you're an artist. Wherever you hear hate speech or something derogatory about someone else, we're all human beings. I don't give a fuck if you're Jewish, black, quiet, tutti fruity. I don't care. Here's the trick, he says. Silence is complicity. I'm standing here tonight loudly and proudly and in solidarity with Alan, his family, all of my Jewish friends and the entire Jewish people of the world. Fuck anti-Semitism and fuck anybody who says anything in that manner. 
What do you think of that? That was great. Yeah. You know, some people might argue, do you use those platforms for political person uh reasons but that's that's not that's humanitarian that's decency speaking yeah uh, i i i would say if you haven't seen that check it out which is one of my favorite mellencamp songs i just love that song check it out but i would all look for that today mm-hmm. well i mean again i was surprised by i i don't know who i was thinking that was John Mellencamp, but I thought he was dead, and I was happy he wasn't for saying that. And, of course, he didn't say directly, he didn't mention Kanye. But I'll tell you what, dude, there's a lot of that going on. Like, there's this guy, getting back to sports, Kyrie, uh, what's his name? Irving. Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. said a bunch, he, he was promoting this yep. anti-Semitic documentary denying the Holocaust, three and a half hours of anti Jewish hates filled bullshit. And I don't know how the NBA allows him to continue to play. He got a five game suspension. Uh, Steve Nash left the team because of it. Is that what they're saying? Well, that's what they're saying that there was a lot of stuff going on with that team that Nash sort of took the fall for Kyrie being one of the elements of it. Yeah. He was sort of on flimsy ground there anyway, but it did. In fact, now I do. I think I remember reading an article him, you know, he he was going to be fired anyway, but he went and said, listen, you guys are going to fire me and all this fucking circus. Let me out. Yeah. He walked away. Yeah. 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 I just don't. Yeah. I don't. Pardon me. Good on him. No, well, that's uh, great. And I just don't know what the what is the gain for these guys. And in, 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 I think there's another one on the team. But what is the gain for Kyrie Irving not apologizing? They asked him directly, and they said, "You know, are you you know against anti-Semitism?" And he said, "Well, how can I be anti-Semit, anti-Semitic, considering where I come from?" Which is some bullshit thing that these uh, black artists are saying. Like they're also Jewish. Well, I'm afraid you're not. But you know, nice try. Well, doesn't some of it come from the establishment being entertainment establishment being Jewish and maybe the treatment they figure their treatment by Jewish people within that establishment hasn't been the best. I mean, it goes on and on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But you got to remember, this guy's not all there, right? Who, Which Kyrie? Is no excuse. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's something, you know, whether it's like genuine mental problems or, you know, their upbringing and things that happen to them. It has manifested this way, but you can't. They're just weirdos. Well, and, and that that cliche, that trope, whatever that uh, long held thousands of year old, the Jews are controlling everything. And it's just bizarre to me how it's come full circle now. And we're seeing all this stuff. And we talked last week about the rise of anti-Semitism, how it's disproportionate. And I just try and keep thinking to myself, well, if Kyrie Irving said that about Chinese people or, you know, any other taken minority, would they allow him to continue to be a basketball player? And I don't know if they would. I don't know, Howard. It's just, as you say, there's just that thing is popping its head up more than you would like. And again, I don't want to talk about it and all this because we've said it many times. This all comes, I'm sorry, from the great enabler. I sent you a thing on the weekend. Did you see that Obama speech I sent you? Um, I saw that you sent it to me. I forgot to open it up. Okay, it's a segment. You know, he's in Pennsylvania the other night. And listen, 
politics aside, politics, again, is just this mishmash in the middle. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, economy's up, economy's down, and it doesn't matter what party is sitting. So often it's just circumstance, right? You agree? Mm-hmm, absolutely. What matters is the decency around it. And, you know, the great enabler, the man who has created, you know, an open door of hate in the United States, Donald Trump. It's just his way. And then you listen to a guy like Obama who takes a few minutes out to just sort of pull the reins and like, and it was about decency. Like what's happened to us? You know, you can debate politics. You can be for or against something, but really what has happened to us? Yeah. Just remind me where did you text it to me or did you email yeah, it to I me? I texted to you and Dan. Yeah. Cause um, I'm looking at it. Oh, I see. It's to Dan and Howard. Oh, I see. Here we go. Yes. Um, did we know? I, well, I played some of Obama. Um, okay. I played some of it last week, but I can play this. No, but this was, I'm not even saying to, uh, to necessarily to play it. Um, it was just refreshing. Like it sent shivers down my spine. Yes. Because it's just, it's about decency. It's not about goddamn politics and just divis. You know, and then people on the right saying, you know, uh, Obama was one of the most divisive. Oh, I know. It's like, like are you kidding politicians me? Politicians ever. It's like, really? I've, I've tried to look from many angles. I don't see it, you assholes. But anyway, it's just, uh, that's a couple of minutes of him just, you know, I'm not going to even say, just speak into the country and. Yeah, I'm pretty, you know what, I, I basically were better than this. Is yeah, the deal. I, I think I saw some of this, but I did. I saw lots of his speech and uh, lots of his speeches, including the thing I played for you last week about that. I think this was Saturday night. This was. But the thing we played last week was he was talking about that guy running in uh, his name is Mandela. Right. That, yes. that bit. So this is uh, Obama's closing message to voters in Philadelphia. And, of course, it's not loading. Because that's what happens when you want to play something. It doesn't load. Um, But you're right. Like, uh, you know, we can say that the left is just as bad as the right. And I always say, well, okay, then show me where the left has, you know, incited a fucking riot. You know, the, the fact that the Republican Party still says, well, those people in January 6th, they weren't sent there by Trump. Meanwhile, there's all this video of people saying, we were sent here by Trump. They literally are saying it themselves. We came here because he said to. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault that they're stupid and they're blindly following this, following this megalomaniacal idiot. But they, they're, it's, they're, they're saying, we came here, we're doing this. Anyway, it yes. doesn't fucking matter. I can't uh, play this, unfortunately. Sorry. Well, that's fine. Um, I yeah. just encourage anyone, if they can, to listen to it because it's uh, it's very it's quite profound. I noticed even on Fox News this morning, you know, the, one of the first things it's a lot of the GOP and these are saying, you know, they're afraid that he's going to announce his yeah. candidacy. It's when really it's time to move on from this guy. Oh, the, uh, he's going to. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I know he is. But they're they're saying now, you know, because he's more a detriment. You know, one thing Bill Maher says, too, and it made me think over the weekend was like, you know, you can hate Trump, but you can't hate everyone that supports Trump because that's half the country. And that's no way to get anywhere. And there's something to that. Like, what kind of a brick wall is that? You know, I don't 
somehow just decency on some level or you know the fringe you have to get to them or yeah it's do enough to make them realize that they're part of a cult or something but and, and i i totally agree we we've had some you know conversations like this like what is what what's the end game in all of this how do you combat this kind of misinformation and a dev- and a devotion to stupidity listen to this and the world is relying on the united states of america to do the right thing if we lose they all lose and that's a big problem you have australians voting for us all these other countries the people are voting for the united states to win this election and if we don't win it it's trouble for every country not just so this guy for uh, should have said he's at a trump rally thinking australians are going to vote republican and if they don't the, their country will be lost. Now, that's a guy who follows Trump. Mm-hmm. And as I've said this a million times now, I don't fault him. He mm-hmm. just got swept up in all this misinformation going back to Fox News creation, whatever, whatever. But the point is, how do you combat that? Like, how do you make that guy understand mm-hmm. that he's fallen into a, a, a rabbit hole, a cult of whatever that's how it's hard. It's, that's why it's hard to get your head around. Well, okay, so tomorrow the Democrats, you know, if they any time now that if they if they win a seat or whatever, they win a, a congressional district, they're going to be thought to have cheated. Yeah. How long? How do you combat that? That guy. That guy's not going to believe the results of any election unless it's won by a, a Republican. And you know what happens if there's some cheating on their side this time, like genuine cheating. And that point is raised by Democrats. It'll be, oh, it's all right for you to cheat, but we can't cheat. Oh, it's an issue when you win, but it's not when we win. So it's just going to get it's going to it's going to just degenerate into something even uglier. Although I saw an interview on the weekend with Michael Moore and he's nailed a lot of this stuff. He says a big surprise tomorrow night and it gets back to the point you were originally made women. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be like what? You know, yeah, those people, the silent, maybe not minority in this case, majority are just okay. You know, they're being asked about abortion and nobody's saying anything. It's just tomorrow night. They're going to say their piece and it's going to be surprising. Well, I hope he's right. Mm -hmm. You know, as I said in the spring, I don't know that I'd want to take on the female population of the country when it comes to their own reproductive rights, which is just bizarre that we're even saying that out loud in 2022. And I know people get frustrated with inflation and the economy and everything. And all these people on the right want to blame Biden and the Democrats. But listen, if you're anywhere, just averagely aware, you realize this is a world phenomenon. So, you have to look at that and then make your decision. Okay, it's like, okay, the whole world's in this situation now. I know that. Now let me look, peel back the onion a bit and see what other issues really matter as far as Republican and Democrat go. Well, we, we're, we're doing the same thing what, here. What would that one be? Well, we, well I, I told you last week that mm-hmm. they in, in that poll, 51% said inflation is the number one issue. In second place, at 15%. Mm-hmm was reproductive rights in third place at nine percent was election you know security in canada 
You know, the conservatives are doing the same thing. I mean, all over the world, if you're in opposition, you're attacking your government by saying you've created this inflationary condition where we're all suffering it, which is but it's sort of weird to me. We know that. I mean, I know what's going on in the UK because I can right. look at on online. I know what's going on here in Canada. You know, right. Pierre Polyev calling it greedflation doesn't really help. And I and I'm and I tell you, my first question to him would be, OK, solve this. Fucker, tell me what your plan is, because it's so easy to be in the opposition. Tell me what you're going to do. Don't tell me how bad he's done. What are you doing day one so that six months after you, I elect you, you tell me what you're going to do to to quell inflation. And if you don't, how about you quit? How about that? No, I know. But again, that's politics. I I know. If the conservatives were in power, the other side would be doing that on some level as well. So, well, of course they would. That's what I say. It, that, this is why I don't like uh, Poliev and why I'm concerned about that side. Because politics is politics, really. You know, we've been through conservative governments. We've been through liberal governments. Is much really even changed through those two last two governments? What has changed now, slowly but surely, is the decency around it. And now here we are falling off the American way with Poliev and that idiot out in Alberta. You know, that's what concerns me. Yeah. Because politics is never going to change. Everybody has an answer fiscally in this way in social programs. And it's always, always the same. But what scares me is the people involved now. Yeah, it's got to stop. Well, yeah, the conversation's a lot different. Yeah, listen, I, 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 you know, I, I know that if the uh, conservatives were in power right now, that whatever government would be coming up with their catchy little name for inflationary, whatever have you. Uh, the difference, as you say, it's like, you know, the, yeah. the you know, I watched some of the video from that idiot's trial, and one of the. Um, freedom convoy people it's pretty interesting actually yeah pretty interesting what's going on there in ottawa this inquiry and and you know just like you know it's our own right wing nut jobs it's our own january 6th and you know the one of the questions being asked to one of the organizers was you know did you not think this would be interrupting people's lives and of course they can't come up with any real reason why but they're the way they're talking about it well you know there was a lot of energy there a lot of energy you were honking your horns around the fucking clock you don't think that mm-hmm. dis- disrupted people's lives with kids and you know babies you don't think that was a bit of an uh, inconvenience yeah, and getting back to what you said, sometimes you can't actually blame these people because they've fallen into this hole for whatever reason. A couple of them actually started crying on the stand. So convinced that they're right. So convinced that this conspiracy, there's something going on in this country to squish us all. Mm-hmm. The big, that they were actually state. brought to tears. And it's like, yeah, these people are, these people are mentally unstable. Well, they've become yeah. mentally unstable, yeah. Yeah, and the people that remained in Ottawa weren't, that That was them. The normal people went home, and this is what we're, but anyway, you talk about nicknames and stuff. Did you see what Trump called uh, DeSantis? Yeah, DeSanctimonious. Yeah, Ron DeSanctimonious. <laughs> I, I'm so, t- I laugh, it's like. Does he come up with that, no. or does he have writers? Like, uh, he's I, got I somebody. He's not smart enough. <laughs> he's not smart enough. Uh, we got a smart guy standing by, but first, this important Finishing message. Doing your commute again. 
Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. You know, there was a story, I'm not sure if Dan Duran has it. Uh, before what's we get to Dan Duran's news, I would like to... What's that, Dan? Oh, what is the story? I'm all excited now. Well, I don't really... All I have is the headline. I don't know if anyone... Uh, I don't have the details of the story other than on the weekend in America, they had a Powerball record $1.6 billion. <laughs> and I, when I say I don't know the details, I don't know if it was one... If it was uh, rolled over again. But I thought, again, something that you've said a few times, why not give? Because a, a billion dollars is a thousand million. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about $1,600 million. It's 1.6. So why not give out $1,600 million prizes? Well, I'll answer my own question. It doesn't create the kind of interest as somebody, one person, winning $1.6 million. And that's kind of the American way. It's our way, too, where what garners excitement is the idea that somebody could win a, a billion and a half dollars. It's actually now $1.9 billion and nobody won it. Thank you for that update, wow. Dan. The thing about one, and then I think, uh, so when it was 1.6, the cash out equivalent was 750 million, meaning that you can either take a lump sum or they'll pay you 1.6 over the course of 20 years. So obviously the question is, uh, which, first of all, which would you do? Would you take the payout? Like the, would you take the cash settlement of 750 million or do you take whatever it is, 50 million a year for 20 years. You know what the answer to that is? You talk to the Sherpa first. For for sure. (laughs) For sure. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James is a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And if I ran into that kind of money, the first call I would make would be to Tim and say, Tim, I have this money and I want to, uh, you know, use it properly. I I want to do the right thing. And he would tell me. Yeah. Okay, so that's job one for today. You would so seriously, whether Mm -hmm. it's one point nine billion, or you know a more reasonable amount, Tim's your guy. He'd figure that. He'd figure that out right away, man. Oh yeah, seven hundred and fifty million. I would take the cat. I would just take the payout, and then uh, I don't know what. So the the problem with that much money is, well, first of all, everyone you know becomes an instant millionaire, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously your immediate family, but uh, you know, even at the Dan Duran level, I mean, I'm gonna if I have 750 million, like, what do you expect me to give you? <laughs> I expect nothing, Howard. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. All right, I'll, let me ask somebody who's more realistic. How much do you? <laughs> how much do you expect from me if I have 750 million, Fred? What do you think is a reasonable gift from me to you? That's a good question. Eh? Mm-hmm. But it, it is true. It would go, you know, you, you really would think 
I don't expect anything, but I would hope I would get something given our relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, exactly. Right. I, I would say to you, right. I'd say, Howard, whatever you have earmarked for me, split it and give it to my kids. That's what I would say. I don't, I don't know what that number is. But. Oh, I have an idea. Dan, what do you think it is? I'm sorry. What, I know you don't expect anything, but if I gave you nothing. You'd be just fine with that. I have $750 million, and I say, Dan, I'm sorry, there's just not enough to go around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would expect you to pay for more meals, but the, the I, you know, no, it, it's, I, it's just not, it's not morally right to expect because of someone's good fortune for them to give you anything. If it's if it's something you want to do, then great. If not, I wouldn't hold it against you. Okay, all like, right. You no, know, no, here's the thing: it's seven hundred and fifty. So the thing is, if I was to say, if I was to say, boy, I, he should give me like five million. Five million's a big number. It's a life changer. You know what I mean? It yeah. would change the life of me and my children, and maybe my children after that on some level. It seems like a big number, but compared to seven fifty in our relationship, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and what he just said—that's just nonsense. What, Dan? Yeah, Dan, that is nonsense. Oh. Just you know, here's the thing. I know you're the moral compass of the program, <laughs> but I mean seriously, you're, you know, we are. I, the number is five million. That's what I would expect. I would expect if either of you guys won seven hundred and fifty million dollars, that I would probably be in line for in the the five million range. But where's the rest of it going? Well, that's the thing. You know, my brothers, their family, their kids, my kids. You know, <laughs> you Dan Duran, Colton, my godson. Like I've Jesus. Often thought about that. You win that money and then you sit down. You don't tell anybody. I sit down with the lease and we have a, you know, we have a sheet of paper. We write down all the names we can think of and then you try to designate it. And then all the problems that could come of that. It's like, okay, you know, my nieces and nephews get, you know, this amount. And then my second cousins, do they maybe not get as much because they're second cousins? Yeah. You know, yeah, how yeah. All that works. It, it would be something. Uh, it would be something. Dan, what about you? Would you not, uh, you're, if you won $750 million, would we not be in line for some? You'd give it all to the church. All right, all to Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, I would uh, definitely share it amongst my friends. It's, but that, now, there's, there's an interesting question, where do you cut it off? Like how far down the relative line, the friend line, the uh, where, where do you? What's the criteria? Because you got to you know. Do you notice how he? You, you notice how he just skirted the issue? He doesn't even say yes. I would give you. He's just like, oh well, maybe for sure. I would bring it up with the Dan Duran Council. <laughs> no, Jesus. I would. I would. I would give you guys part of my winnings. Okay, I for sure. Well, I want. Uh, I want the close circle would get a lot. Would we get uh, five to ten million? Would we get five to ten? Of your money. Around the five, if it was like... Why not know, ten, though? Like well, where's the rest going? Yeah, why not ten? Think about what we've done for you. Why you not ten million? friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got some family. got to, you know... All right, out. your family. Okay. Yeah. Family members, extended family members. Uh, well, the old, well, the old ranches out west, they're fine. Give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fine. tell you there's, who would... You know, there's we, still cows on the ranch. What I will say this. What would scare... I think it would scare me a little bit was to how much to give to my children. And I say, because I don't want to give them, 
because I want them to have a life where you have some struggle in it because, you know, that creates, uh, you know, pressure creates diamonds. You know what I'm saying? Okay. If I give each of them 50 million, then what? You know, then what happens to them? No, I, I, I get it. But even beyond that, look at it this way. So you win all that money. I have a nephew that I don't see a lot and everything. And I think, oh, okay, I'll give Joe Blow a couple million or whatever. Yeah. Even a million. Then you find out months later, quit his job. Now, you know, drinking too much and this happened, that happened, all from the money. And now you are, if not directly responsible, That's indirectly. Right. There is so much of that stuff to think about. And you're right with your children. Do you really want to make put your children in a position of their 20s that they never have to worry about anything again without really being motivated? Like, it's, you know, a trait of a lot of super rich people is they, they have not, they have made their kids yeah. have to strive. And, and they, does they it close that door to their kids? And, it, and it's probably the right thing to do. Well, and again, those are people that created their own wealth. We're talking about getting a gift from the Powerball folks of right. $1.9 billion now. It's almost like, and we've had this conversation, it's different than if you had made some investments or our company went public mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's like all of a sudden, all those people, Dan Duran and everyone we know, would expect a certain amount. I mean, I, I mean, going, as far as going down to the second cousin level, Dan, like, I don't know, like, there's a certain point where, you know, if I gave my brothers both a lump sum of money and took care of their kids, I mean, do I now have to go to their, like, how far down are we going? Because one of my brothers has got like nine ex-wives. I said, I have to give all them money. <laughs> like, like, you know what good way around that is, Howard? Sort of come up with a number and say, okay, here, Stephen, here's this lump sum bigger than you would expect. But now you disperse that amongst yours. Right. You know I what like I mean? That. Yeah. That way, you, tree. Yes. that way you're sort of passed in the buck a bit. So now you're not really directly responsible for the behavior of those kids if something bad comes from the money. That's a great point. So I give both of them like 50 million and then say, yeah. okay, that's yeah. also for everybody in your circle. You take care of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you should do is is take the money and buy a town, change it to like <laughs> change it like what the name to Humble Town or something like Humble that. and Fred Town, Humble and Fred H and F Town, yeah, and uh, then any, you can invite people to come live there. I like it for free, yeah, and you supply all the you know the things that you need for life or whatever. So now you're giving them the the free you know like okay now you can do that now. You, when I'm, I'm not going to give you money. I'm going to give you a, a place to live. No, and, I get it. You know, I like it. And, and then they can go off and start a cult. I like it, Dan. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example, and I'm not going to use his name, but a guy that I worked with years and years ago, he had uh, rich relatives in the States, and all he ever talked about was inheriting money. That was his, that was his master plan, his goal. Everything was moving towards being in a position to inherit that money and ultimately he did wow but his life i'll just cut it off there the life he has led and the life that he is leading is not very healthy but again a lot of the incentive was taken away a lot of the values are taken away because oh i'm going to get that eventually so your mindset is different than it would be otherwise. No, you're right. That's an example I've seen. And he did eventually cash in, but it's like, I'm not going to say train wreck, but not far off. Well, 
Yeah, that's why uh, it's a fun little uh, thought experiment, you know, Dan, uh, whether you create a town and invite people to live there. I know one thing that if I uh, did win that, I wouldn't I'd be going I'd be flying premium economy all the time. <laughs> just would. <laughs> 750. I mean, the first thing I do, I would just buy a small, you know, not an ostentatious jet, but a small jet, small enough that I could fly it with a real pilot and but big enough that it could go anywhere like because you can get a nice jet for fifty million, you know, so that you never really have to worry about where you're going to go. And should I fly it here and there? And you're just flying all the time. That's all I would do. How much does it, co- how much does it cost a year to keep a, a jet going, though? A few million doesn't matter. All right, okay, okay. All right. What okay, about your one. carbon footprint? What about flying my around in your jet, leaving <laughs> the carbon footprint? Yeah. Do you not care about your children and their children after that? They can fly around in my jet with me. <laughs> Spewing carbon farts everywhere. Hey, guys, I'll buy one of those things that, you know, gathers all the carbon as it's coming out of the jet. Yeah. 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 Regeneration. Uh, Listen, we've got uh, Dan Duran. uh, Can you I know you're busy, but we've got some people here from Kelsey's standing by. Can you wait till they're done? Yes, I can stand by. I've got a a toad licking story. Uh, coming up, I love those. Talk about the uh, the Beaver Moon. Okay, but uh, and what I know you're do you not are you not working today, or are you gonna stick around, Lisa's? I got stuff going on. Okay, I got, uh, yeah, I got some working stuff. I got some wardrobe stuff today too, but that's later on. All right, man. And of course, Dan Duran uh, is uh, going to be moving in here for the next month or so, and uh, we're all very excited about his arrival. I've got to get some toilet paper because you know, make sure Dan Duran's got lots of uh, supplies. <laughs> Uh, let's see if we you know, with COVID making a comeback. Remember, yeah. Well, well and he's well. The paper th- thing. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Dina Rico is uh, signing in. I'm not sure if. Uh... Hi, Dina. Hello. How are, How you? are you? I was going to say, I'm sure Dina is like, oh, great! I get to talk to some old men. That's super fun. This is what I want to do. Actually, I was very excited for this morning. So um, it's nice to see you all. Dina's Hope you're all doing well. Well, we're doing great. Dina's, Dina Rico is here. Are we going to wait for Shannon Lawler? Or is it is it just going to be you alone? Because I had note, I noticed a note here that there was going to be two of you. We only need you, of course. <laughs> she should be hopping on. I'm going to send her a quick message. Well, you were, we, we let you in about a minute and a half early just to get comfortable and let's say hi to everybody. Uh, Freddie and I are going to uh, Kelsey's today, uh, along with a couple of our buddies from uh, the agency that uh, we work with, and uh, we're quite excited. We're going to be going to the Arrow. Where are we going, Fred? Arrow Road in Mississauga. Arrowwood Road. Arrowwood Road in Mississauga. Arrowwood Drive in Mississauga, yes. That's where we're going. location. It's our favorite location. That's right. We're going to go there. We're going to be eating some Kelsey's. We're going to be taking some shots. I'm going to do a little social media stuff, and... uh, and one of the things we wanted to do was talk to Dina and Shannon this morning, whenever Shannon uh, gets on, because there's lots of stuff going on at Kelsey's. Dina, what is exactly your uh, position there? Yeah, so I'm the brand manager for mm. Kelsey's, so I work on a lot of their marketing materials, in-restaurant promotions, menu stuff, but we have a really exciting promotion happening with our partners, Budweiser. So we're offering $6 Budweiser. Um, these, and these are tall boys. Awesome these are 16 ounces, man. These are real beers. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're also doing a sports giveaway that's super exciting. So uh, the Roadhouse is the perfect place to watch the sports. You got big TVs, you got great appetizers, such a great atmosphere. Um, and our partners at Budweiser actually have given us the opportunity to give away a trip for two to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantasy of mine. I spent years as a sportscaster, never got to go to a, a Super Bowl and. Anybody that's into football, I mean, that would be the ultimate to go to a Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? And the and the yeah. way you win, the way you get. First of all, you can get prizes along the way to the Super Bowl prize, which is really cool. And let's talk. We've talked a little bit about this in our first week with Kelsey's, but why don't you lay this out for us, uh, Dina? In terms of you, there's other prizes. You go to just explain to folks how they could to uh, register for this. Yeah. So essentially come into Kelsey's, order whatever you'd like, and you get an exclusive ticket for your chance to win. So there's a code on the ticket. You go online, you scan it, you enter your code, and you're automatically entered into the draw. So we have over 500 sports jerseys, so lots of NFL um, jerseys, which is awesome that we're giving away on a weekly basis leading up to that giant grand prize VIP Super Bowl experience. This experience, by the way, is valued at $22,000, include game tickets, flights, accommodations, and this promotion is going on until the 18th of December, and uh, really, it couldn't be, we're going to, and again, we're going to, we'll come back tomorrow after our road trip to Kelsey's. <laughs> by the way, I wanted to ask, and the more visits, the more chances yes. to win. Absolutely. You know, uh, we've been, Fred and I are both, you know, we're as old as your grandparents, so we've been around for a while, Dina. And it's something, uh, you know, Kelsey's really has, because I, I live in a neighborhood uh, and I've been going to Kelsey's for years. And we, I, we had one until recently at Islington and Queensway. I noticed some time ago that Kelsey's really did a re sort of set on the image and the vibe of the place. And, and mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, if you can, and how this is just a continuation of kind of the roadhouse roots and with the reason people started going to Kelsey's. Yeah, so we have a lot of history with the brand, which is amazing. And actually, Kelsey started from two road tripping brothers. So they traveled south of the border, they went to Buffalo and New York, and they experienced uh, chicken wings in the States. And they thought, you know, this can really take off here in Ontario. So they opened up the first location, and it was all about just being together and having a good time uh, and comfort food. So took off, and here we are. Uh, it started in 1978, so full evolution, and the brand's been through a lot of changes as well. So we did a revamp about um, eight years ago where all of our restaurants started to um, create that hello beacon that we wanted to welcome guests back in. And the thing about Kelsey's, and, and I personally grew up with the brand, it's almost like a coming of age, right? Um, a lot of people have their first dates there or you go to the movies with your friends and you kind of have your your first dinner away from your parents or your first drink. So there's a lot of really great experiences. And the thing that we love about the brand is it's for everyone. And we don't segregate in terms of age or demographic. It's just a place to be yourself and eat what you want to eat and drink what you want to drink. And you talk about like them going to Buffalo and checking out chicken wings. Is that why the chicken wings are so good? A lot mm-hmm. of research has gone into them because they are a lot of research. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and part of our food innovation team as well. We we do a lot of research on the side. I, I got to say that's part of uh, 
one of the growing pains of working in the restaurant industry is just experiencing experiencing so much amazing food and and different experiences. So I can't complain. Well, listen, man. I was just going to say, when it comes to roadhouses and sports bars and stuff, I mean, wings are usually the benchmark. And, you know, everybody um, can serve wings, but the idea is to serve the best wings. And uh, Kelsey's are excellent, I will, I should say. And let's also note that uh, you can join Kelsey's for half-price wings every Thursday. So that's another incentive to go check this uh, great promotion out. $6, 16-ounce buds at the Roadhouse for a limited time. Go there, enter. You can win some NFL swag and uh, qualify for a VIP Super Bowl experience. Uh, give our best to Shannon Lawler, and maybe she'll come on next time. Dina, Rico, thank you very much. And uh, I promise you we're going to have a full uh, Kelsey's experience today. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. And great to meet you. And uh, listen, we're thrilled to have the brand on the show with us. We're thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to hear about your experience today. Thank you. That's right. Well, I, I just, I mean, I was going to look over the menu. I know exactly what I'm having, but I'm, one of that is going to be wings for lunch, Dina. Okay, I'll see you there. All right, man. Take care. There's Dina Rico from uh, Kelsey's Original Roadhouse. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, Kelsey's, it's funny how uh, she mentioned they've redone their brand and how the restaurants look a lot different now than they did. And it was eight years ago. They just changed the vibe of the place. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be there uh, hanging out for uh, our lunch. And, uh, you know, I might have some kind of a sampler. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna have uh, you know I, my wing order is pretty. Sp- I try and find if I can the dry rub if they've got it, and then I get the sauce on the side because I find part of the problem with me and you have this problem too is if I get sauce on the wings, which I like, I just can't control the sauce is flying everywhere. I got no sauce control, and I end up wearing it. <laughs> what? What? Oh, there's a few things I want to say about dry rub. But it's oh, too come close. on. It's too close. To too the, close, man. To the, it's too close to the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. We're out here trying, you know, hold on to these clients. We can't have any of your... Living in a loving and doing the best we can. Uh, um, How many uh, minutes do we have to wait? <laughs> <laughs> Can we, just, can we wait till tomorrow, please? <laughs> you guys, come on. How about now? No, not now. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to be here for dinner tonight, are you? You're going to figure out your own food, and then we'll uh, have a meeting about what we're going to do for food for you. Yeah. Okay. Are you? Fu- that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Because I got well, a wardrobe call late in the afternoon. You got. You got to. You're an actor. You're doing all your acting stuff. You know? What did you yeah. say we're going to worry about? What we're going to do for food for you? What? Are you well, helping? he's staying here. I know. He can, you know, he's going to have to, I'm gonna, but I'm going to get some staples for him and figure out what he needs, you know. Well, you didn't have to do that. I mean, I'm a yeah. fully like functioning not- individual. Are you? <laughs> you make it sound like he's the college kid coming and moving in or something. Well, I, I like I to make he knows sure. knows how to go to a grocery store. All right. Well, sorry for just trying to, like, look out for the guy. Well, it's a, a nice to be a great host and everything. You're very, very good at that. But you don't have to worry about that. You're going to okay. handle, you know. Right. You, you know, the meals we'll be having together this week before you take off to your uh, your your Mexico, right? Yes. 
then uh, you know we can do some uh, you know meal sharing there. Okay. Well, let's uh, we'll figure out some stuff to figure it out. We'll have a meeting about all. Yeah, let's do that because I'm going to be here. I I I thought I was going to have dinner with my kids on. uh, Well, I was hoping to do it on Wednesday, but now Charlie not feeling well, and Spencer was with Charlie on the weekend, so I don't know if I'm going to see them. But I don't want I don't want to get. Well, how how quickly can you get it again? Do you know? I do not know the answer to that. I know there's some immunity probably for the same strain you've got, but I don't know if there's a different strain. Can you get it? I don't know. Who knows? Like, uh, you know, we're going to find out a lot in the next couple of months. But, Dan, I would ask you, when you eat alone, do you still do the same? Like, put a plate down in the cutlery and light a candle and put the music on when you're buying yourself? You go through <laughs> not, that. Whole- I'm not as disciplined about that mm. when I'm by myself, but I but I have been trying not to watch something while I'm doing that. Do you put on something comfortable? Something. You know, something uh, where you feel sexy in it, and uh, yeah, something uh, loose, loose fitting, and falling. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> dry rub. Mm. <laughs> okay, no, stop. No, no, stop it. No, <laughs> not enough Please. time. Not no enough time. time. Not enough time has passed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to write a note here to uh, this person who is now signing in, oh. even though we... Uh, oh, no, she signed out now. Okay, it's all oh. been taken care of. Uh, we still have time for this, though, ladies and people. Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wine, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Ho! Danderan, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Danderan, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house Soon to be uh, moving his mobile news studio To the Queensway Here with news and views Danderan The beaver moon is nearly here The full moon tomorrow is called the Beaver Moon. And there won't be another like it for three years because there's also a total lunar eclipse. And that part of it's called the Blood Moon. It'll be visible throughout North America in the pre-dawn hours of Tuesday morning. So keep that in mind. And as an extra treat, Uranus will be visible just a finger width above the moon. Mm. You're looking for Uranus. Finger. Right above the blood moon. Blood moon. Beaver beaver moon. moon, moon. Finger (laughs) anus. That's all I heard. Your finger away from (laughs) you. That's right. Get your finger out of Uranus or there'll be a blood moon. Uh. (laughs) Putting it all together, you guys. Yeah, if you're too aggressive. As I thought you would. If you're too aggressive with your finger in the anus, you get a blood moon. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Easy, but Jesus. it starts out as a beaver moon. It does start out as a beaver moon. It does, because uh, the beavers are doing their beaver things this time of year. They're getting all ready for the winter. Fantastic. Oh, those buggers, they can cause a lot of uh, pain. Yeah, they, yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. Cutting down some trees with their sharp beaver teeth, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. making their dams. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to watch the eclipse... The, the further west you are, the closer to, say, Vancouver or that area in Vancouver Island, the better for the eclipse. But it's uh, Eastern Time, 516 a.m. to 641 a.m. So tomorrow morning, get up early. You've got a clear sky. It'll be on, awesome to watch. You know, what? just one of the things that the, the, the universe can well, offer yeah. us up is a little entertainment. You know, when I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather see it the best. I go to Vancouver. I'll buy one of those business class seats. Howard's talking about <laughs> 
just eat the eclipse, yeah. You should, because right. you'd be very comfortable. Hey, speaking of uh, Dan Duran's uh, girlfriend, Lisa. Somewhere under the rainbow, skies are gray. And, uh, and skies are gray because it's a humble and Fred world where skies are gray, not blue. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Uh, We're working. We'll fill out the uh, entire lyric. Here's the thing. When I win the $750 million and I give you guys yeah. between 5 and $10 because that's what I right. would. I would say you two for sure. The thing is, though, what about a guy like Lumby? Lumby's got money. Does he need my money? Mm, I guess. But I guess, how do you leave him off the list? How do you leave Lumby off the list? You got to give Lumby something. But maybe do you, do you give him 5 to 10 or do you give him like 2 to 5? Or maybe Lumby would look at it that way and think, I don't need it, but I have some people in my family that mm. could uh, use right. some help. And thanks yeah. to my buddy Howard, now I can spread it a bit. Got it. Maybe you should set it up like a grant system. So all you, all the people who think they, they need money from you should apply. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There should be an application process. Right. Do you A, so want it, money, or B, move into Humble and Fred Town? Like, do you think you need the money? If, do you think if, uh, you know, if you're three uh, layers away, a relative, you know, like cousins of cousins or cousins, yeah, so they would apply and, you, you know, say, well, and they could make a case for it, right? Yes. Uh, right. You know, that I, I was just sitting here thinking, no matter what you thought you were doing for people, but you, you know, somewhere along the line, someone would be disappointed. Oh, for sure. As in a second cousin would be like, oh, Fred's called us over and he won all that money. And then they sort of open their thing or you tell them what it is. And it's like, oh. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do like what Dan says, because it would be fun to be if you could, de- you know, sort of see how creative people could be or how desperate human mm-hmm. beings are. You could say, OK, listen, everyone gets to apply for this grant. And here are the rules. You have to write and perform a one act play. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you do tricks like a dog. To, yeah, exactly. You get them to put on a play and a musical or some kind of fucking uh, variety mm-hmm. performance. You know, there's your dumpy at Aunt Bessie, you know, and her daughter's putting on some kind of TikTok performance. What about revenge? Oh, yeah. Revengeful. Like you had a relative you don't really like and you find great pleasure in giving money to everyone but them. That's right. What about and, that? And then you buy the house across from their street, and then you put up neon signs saying, you didn't get no money. Mm-hmm. This is what mm-hmm. I spent right. your money on. Revenge. Are you giving any money to Andy Ruby? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. What does Ruby get? If you're in your 90s, mid-90s, what does she need? I can't help her. And you haven't talked to her for years. <laughs> that's right. I'll, my first phone call will be, Auntie Ruby, I'm going to give you $6,700. Okay. <laughs> Can I you buy just, your love? Just get somebody to wipe her bum and put her to bed. <laughs> yes, that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on uh, how things go, you know, I don't know who that could be, but, uh, you know, I'll be able to afford the best. Dan, do you have another sure, you do. That relative you don't like, you say, if you want money, you have to wipe Aunt Ruby's ass every day. Every day. You have to go, over like to, you have to, go to Winnipeg on business class. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Dan Duran's second story. Before we wrap up today's show, there's a lot of show today. It's a long show. Mm-hmm. Dan, do you want to wrap this up now or what? Sure, wrapping it up. I just uh, The National Park Service in the United States has once again asked people to stop licking toads. Hmm. Toad licking is a problem, yes. The 
Sonoran Desert Toad, or also known as the Colorado River Toad. It's one of the largest toads found in North America. It's nearly seven inches long. They have a prominent parietoid gland that secretes a potent toxin, and, uh, well, it can make you sick if you handle the frog or lick it, get the poison in your mouth. Now, some might get high, but mostly... According to uh, NPR, most people are uh, actually scraping the secretions off the toads and smoking whatever that is to get high. And uh, because of uh, its uh, hallucinogenic uh, properties, I guess, the uh, creatures are now being uh, overcollected by people. So it seems that the, uh, the, the toad population in New Mexico is now getting close to being uh, threatened. So stop licking toads. Behave yourself. Good good advice. Great advice. Put the toad down. Put the toads down, everybody. Mm -hmm. That's another thing, you know, you think, okay, I got all this money now. I guess I could go on a toad licking rampage. I could pay for I could pay for that. You know, and then if I get addicted to licking toads, I could also pay for the finest rehab facility and mm-hmm. sit around with other rich people talking about what we're addicted to. When it comes to my turn, I'm like, just, I love fucking licking toads, man. Did you right, see yeah. that story last week? Matthew Perry says he spent 9 million to get sober. Yeah. Wow. So he didn't, well, I yeah. believe I yeah. believe that wouldn't be hard for somebody like him. No. Like just, you know, cause his uh, residual or, uh, you know, whatever you call that, uh, you know, that money just keeps rolling in and rolling in all that friend's money. Well, his net worth uh, said, so yeah, the first thing in the net worth line is his spent nine million. It mm-hmm. uh, doesn't say what his actual, where's his actual net worth now? Oh, uh, age, oh, net worth. Here you go. $120 million from friends. Yeah. And climbing, because I'll tell you, next to Seinfeld, that's got to be the the biggest one, right, for for uh, reruns? Yeah, his uh, Matthew starred in 236 episodes of Friends. In the first season, he earned 22.5 per episode. Second season, 40,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, the increment went on each season. He earned uh, 74 on the way to, after season seven... And negotiating with the producers, he started earning seven hundred and fifty thousand per episode. And for the last two seasons, he got a million per episode, making twenty-four million from season nine and eighteen million. Mm-hmm. Wow! For the ten seasons of Friends, he made ninety million in base salary, and then, as you say, residuals move. You know, for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BC, that's different than if you won the lottery because he doesn't he doesn't have to create his own town <laughs> where, no, where people all, will come to live. And that original point, earn a fortune and nobody expects anything. Win it and the rules change. Yeah. As you say. Well, thank you uh, very much for listening, everybody. There's uh, more show tomorrow. We've uh, switched things up. Usually it's uh, Noel Kassler on that Tuesday, the first one or whatever, second one in the month. But we switched them up. Uh, Noel will be on our show Wednesday. This will be after the midterms. Or while it's still going on, I guess. Tomorrow, Paul Romanuk will hang out with us talking sports and hockey and 
all kinds of stuff. Plus, Paul's got a great mind for uh, politics. So uh, thank you to that. And uh, we'll tell you about our little uh, field trip to Kelsey's. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you are listening to, help us out by liking, subscribing, and giving us stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, watch the beaver moon and Uranus just above it. Enjoy every goddamn day. Just clap your hands. Where's that?